The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 814, you're listening to WGNS. Again on this Tuesday morning, today, March the 7th. And in studio with us this morning from the Rutherford County School System, we have Communications Director James Evans, and then also Dr. Caitlin Bullard, the School Choice Coordinator, and Dr. Kyle Nix, the Principal of Christiana Middle. How are all y'all doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. So this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the ION program and also STEAM designation, I guess. So I guess first, uh, Dr. Bullard, tell us what the ION program is. Sure. So the ION program is a brand new program that we just launched last week. It's for nine of our elementary and middle schools across Rutherford County. And it's an opportunity for them to design something using their community feedback and their staff feedback that really meets the needs of their students. It'll be a program within the school and it'll kind of depend on what the local community wants. Um, But it'll be a chance for them to really think about students' interests and aptitudes and design something that meets that. And then students from across the county will then be able to apply to that program program starting in 2024. And what are some of the kids talking about designing? I'm I'm curious, or have you heard yet? Yeah, so our principals were really excited when we launched this last week, and I know they've already had conversations in their buildings with their staff and some with students about what they want to see. So that's a wide range of things from fine arts programs to STEM and STEAM programs like Dr. Nix's school um, to really a a whole variety of of opportunities. Now, Dr. Nix, is your school already a STEAM designated school or or is it STEM? Because I I hear it both ways. So we are trying to get STEAM designated. The different is that STEAM includes the arts. So it's everything plus art. So everything plus art. Yes. And then James, what are you hearing at the whole county level as far as what schools are doing when it comes to STEAM and the sciences and mixing it with the arts? So we have several schools that have STEM programs within them, but we only have one right now that is a STEM designated school. That's Smyrna Elementary School, uh, something they're very proud of. Dr. Nix is hoping that Christiana Middle School will be the next one, which will be the first middle school but we have several other schools also pursuing it but she's adamant that she's going to be the one that gets the next designation so james once a school is designated as a steam school or a stem school what happens as far as state funding is there an increase in state funding for different programs involved with that school uh there is a grant that they receive we were actually discussing that before the show we're not sure how much the grant would be that's part of the announcement when they decide when the designation is but in the past it's been somewhere around thirty-five thousand. does that sound right ladies yeah, yeah. Um, 35000 that the school gets. and then, uh, But it's just amazing how much they really integrate the process, the scientific process, into the school. So if you were to go visit Smyrna Elementary School today or Christiana Middle School, you would see that in action, and all the students are participating in it. They all learn that. It just really changes the culture in the school, which is, I mean, hopefully, and that's uh, what our schools are doing, what Dr. Nix is doing at her school, and it's just exciting to see the benefits it gets to the students. So it's more than just funding. It's just that that culture change. And what are some of the schools throughout the county doing? I mean, give us some examples of different projects in the past that have taken place that 
that are related to the sciences, mathematics, and so forth? Well, so one of the big things several of the schools do is they have robotics teams. Uh, Stewart's Creek Middle School has a very uh, competitive robotics team. They compete around the area and have won several awards. They're, they're competing next at Auburn, if that, that may have already happened. But they, they earned a spot to compete at the Auburn uh, games. It's called the Best Robotics Competition. Best stands for something. But um, they also have uh, a STEM Expo coming up on March 20th that several of our schools are participating in. That's going to be held out at the uh, Lane Agri Park. And st- teams of students from several schools, uh, elementary and middle, will be competing there. Um, and it's like the old-time science fair, but it's it's with the modern twist. They're, they're showing you not only whatever they've engineered and created but also the process behind it which is really some of the the focus of the steam programs is the the kind of adapt the way students think about and approach problem solving now i i know recently students and this happened in smyrna at stonecrest medical center but students were actually able to go out there and see robotics in action and i think even in a surgery setting yeah that, that's a great example so rocky fork middle school there was a contest for students to help name that robot and i was told last week that the students at rocky fork their selection was picked i don't remember what the name is but they're going to be honored for that as well at the hospital because they got to go on and not only hands-on with it but like i said contribute to uh, the actual name that robot we use from from now on and so when you talk about the different steam projects in some cases i guess it involves local businesses and local local companies as well who help out and actually give students a hands-on experience of, of going into, for example, a hospital. Yeah, Kyle, what are some of the things that you all have done through this process with some of your problem-solving activities? Have you used community support? Yeah, so we community partnerships are really important to us, and honestly, I would say that's probably more important than the money because the community partnerships really um, bring it all together. It's all-encompassing. So we have worked with Nissan. Um, our eighth graders had to build a car one of our semester or one of our quarters and um, Nissan came in and talked to them about what it took to build a safe car. Um, we've worked with TDOT. TDOT's worked with us on a couple of projects. We have a built a bridge project that our sixth graders just created. And so um, our TDOT contact came in and talked to them about how to create a bridge. And then we all, all of the grade levels in the second quarter were building homes or something that had to withstand a weather event. And so TDOT talked to us about that. We've worked with MTSU and their concrete management department um, Joe Huddleston or John Huddleston who's over that he came in he talked to our kids about what concrete management is and how they could use that in their projects um, another big thing with the community partners is connecting the kids with career and college options um, because that's a huge part of steam is how can these kids really do that once they leave my school and so that was one big thing with John when he came in he was talking about not just how to do concrete management but but if you wanted to do it, how how you could do that at MTSU. So as this program unfolds, as different projects take place, are, are some kids saying, you know, hey, I, I've totally changed the direction of where I would like to head in the future. And, you know, I think XYZ is a logical path now, whereas before they never thought about it. I sure hope so. I mean, when I was in school, I learned about being a teacher, a lawyer, or a doctor. Um, what I want these kids to walk away from middle school with is a plethora of ideas on what they could possibly do in their high school pathways and in college. And then, Dr. Bullard, how does this all tie in with ION and, and everything at all the other schools? 
Well, I think what you're hearing them say is that, you know, the opportunities that we give students in terms of real world experience, in terms of connecting with community partners, seeing what their futures can hold are things that should be available to every student in Rutherford County, not just at our STEM designated schools. And a lot of our schools are really doing a wonderful job of that already, but it's putting it into a system that connects to students' interest. So you wouldn't have to be a STEM school to have some of the opportunities that Dr. Nix is describing. And I know there's been a lot of talk about bringing more trades related classes back into the schools uh, nationwide really are you seeing this you know through steam are you seeing kind of a crossover between higher education at the college level versus a trade school once kids get out of high school STEM and STEAM really prepare you for whatever path you're going to take through the critical thinking and collaboration skills you build in those processes. So yes, absolutely, whether you're looking at a student going to a trade school or going to a traditional university or another post-secondary path, STEM and STEAM are going to prepare them for that. And our hope is that these ION programs that are developed will also prepare them for those opportunities. And I've heard there's a lot of scholarship money that is available, some private dollars as well, when it comes to the sciences, is there money available locally or have you heard of students locally actually receiving scholarship funds in, in those categories of STEAM? There are absolutely scholarships available out there. I can't name them off the top of my head, but there are definitely those who are, are there are companies that are looking for uh, people to go into those industries. And so they are offering incentives for sure for students to pursue those. What right now is really, I guess, the leading thing in school as far as once kids graduate high school, what direction are they actually headed? Or is there an average, you know, hey, average number of kids are headed towards sciences or towards medical or any direction there? Well, I mean, so really what we're trying to do is prepare them. And, and Dr. Buller does a lot of work with what we call post-secondary opportunities. Um, or, or I'm sorry, early post-secondary opportunities, things they can do in high school that prepare them. They can go and get some uh, industry certifications done before they leave high school. And so we've seen a lot, a huge increase in that. We offer about 75 industry certifications now that students can earn in high school. But it's a variety of things. It's everything from cosmetology to uh, dentistry. I mean, there's all sorts of CTE programs, uh, and CTE is career and technical education programs that we offer in school. But um, it's up to the student to decide how far they want to go with that. Some students, we want them, if they want to enter the workforce as soon as they graduate high school, they can do that. But if they also want to pursue some sort of additional training or a higher education degree, they can do that as well in those same pathways. So you could learn an industry certification in culinary arts, for example, and start teaching or start working directly in that industry as after you graduate as a senior in high school, but you could also go and do something like a two-year degree or additional training or go into four years. There's all sorts of things. Mechatronics is another great example where we have some companies here locally, Bridgestone, Nissan, that will go ahead and hire them out of high school because they need those positions, but then they will help also pay for them to continue their education while they're working. So it's up to the student to decide how, what level they want to go with their education uh, as they're working and so that's that's the big emphasis that we're seeing change over the last decade or so it seems like more and more kids these days are actually earning college credits while still in high school which in the past you rarely heard about that happening but there's more opportunity today yeah Laverne High School has these great shirts that they produce they sent me one last year and I've, I've got it framed but it says I graduated with my associate's degree the weekend before I graduated high school and an amazing. associate's degree typically takes at least two years for most at least in in most categories so that that's 
pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, and it's actual literal. They were going through their ceremony, their graduation ceremony for Motlow the weekend before they went through their high school graduation the next weekend uh, for, at the actual high school. Uh, so, yeah, they can earn upwards of, of 35, 36 credits while they're in school and then immediately either apply that associate's degree they have and start working or they can apply it towards a bachelor's degree and keep going. And so when they apply that towards a bachelor's degree, does that mean once they get to the university, they've got most of, I guess, the, the required courses out of the way, the the more simple courses, I guess, if you would, for a yeah, lot of folks? We call those general studies courses. They're typically done. Your, your freshman and sophomore courses that you would typically do in a four-year degree, a lot of those are already, you already have credits for them, assuming that they all transfer, and most of them do. Just depends on which school you go to. But like at MTSU, they accept those credits. UT accepts those credits, things like that. And they can go right into, typically, they would be a junior when they start right out of high school. That's pretty wild. And that would not only save them money, but of course get them ahead of a lot of others out there. It saves a ton of money for them because they can go ahead and start using some of their HOPE scholarship funds in high school to pay for it. And so it's just another head start they have as they graduate. And when they're earning these additional credits towards college while in high school, are they having to take any night classes, weekend classes, or is it all done basically during the school day? It's during the school day, their junior and senior year. They typically meet around 7 a.m. over at the Smyrna Motlow campus which is a really nice set of buildings if you've not been there. I, I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago, and it was just incredible how they're, they're tucked up back there off of Mason Tucker. Uh, you wouldn't know they were there unless you knew they were there, but they're just it's an incredible um, facilities for these students to go into uh, as high school students, and it, it gives them that, um, that motivation to want to keep going because they get to see what it's like to do these higher ed classes. But, yeah, they finish those during the school day, uh, their junior and senior year. Again, we're talking about the Rutherford County Schools this morning. Our guest today, Communications Director James Evans, and also Dr. Caitlin Bullard with the School Choice Program, and Dr. Kyle Knox with uh, Christiana Middle School. I, I'm curious, where do you guys see school, you know, 10 years from now? Because just a few years back, I, I, I don't think that a lot of us realize that students would be earning an associate's degree while in high school. Well, I think that this ION program that we keep talking about, and we're going to bug you about it because we, we're really excited about it, so we're going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> but you're on the ground floor right now. You're going to you're hearing the word now, and people are kind of curious, what is that? What does that mean? Over the next 18 months, I think you're going to really see that develop, and it's going to be something that we are um, we we expect to be the model to others around the area once they see what we do with this. And Dr. Bullard has been doing a lot with that with the stu- with the schools. And I think it's really a one-of-a-kind program. There's nothing else happening like this in Tennessee right now. And I envision it as an opportunity to expand everything that you were just talking about that's happening at the high school level down to really truly be a K-12 continuum of preparing students for the rest of their lives. And right now, how many schools, again, are involved with the ION program? It's nine schools, six elementary and three middle schools. And what are students saying at this point about it? Or or what are you seeing as far as students go and, and how they are going along with the program? So our initial conversations, we actually started with students and reaching out to them and telling and asking them, what does your dream school look like? And we went around to every ION school and asked that question and got a ton of feedback and brought that back to the administrators. Um, And so students dream big, which is one of the things that we really love. So they've come up with a whole range of ideas from, you know, more math time, more integrated subjects, more field trips to more vending machines. So we're getting it all right now. We're just taking that feedback 
second. So of, of the different comments you've gotten, what are the more realistic ones? I mean, I don't know that more vending machines is necessarily the right path, but uh, other than that, what are the more realistic things hey, you've don't heard? don't limit us. We may come up with <laughs> a good right. idea that involves vending machines and recess time. Those were some of the biggest requests that we got. Yeah. <laughs> really, the sky is the limit right now. So if we can you know, say there's a community need for it, there's student need for it, the staff sees the value, and we think this is another way to grow students, then we're not putting any parameters outside of that. So what about, I know we talked a little bit about how, for example, the students went to Stonecrest and and they learned about robotics there. Uh, More field trips, more hands-on learning, that was one of the ideas that did come up. Is that one direction that you really foresee kind of headed? Absolutely. And I think, you know, once we develop these initial stages of the program, one of the things we're really going to focus on as an administrator cohort is talking about how we develop relationships with community partners. So whether they are implementing a fine arts institute in their school, whether they are, you know, increasing the amount of STEM opportunities in their school, whatever direction they've decided to go, there are community partners out there. There are university partners that we can connect with. Um, There are businesses and we want them to be a part of this conversation. So when we truly all come together around these programs, I think they'll develop to be something really amazing for students. So within the ION program, who is it going to be up to to go out there and make these new connections with new factories, new companies and businesses that are here in Rutherford County? So the principals who are participating are going to be the point people on that, but they're going to get a lot of support from our central office team, um, from their high schools that they collaborate with. So these are all elementary and middle schools, which means they have high schools that they feed into who are already doing some of these things, that already have some of these relationships. So they'll get support from them as well. And we'll also do some advocacy work across the state where they get to connect with other administrators um, across the state and potentially even across the country to learn about how to build those relationships. So nationwide, do you know of a lot of other schools that have a program like ION? This is really unique. There are school districts and schools that have tried implementing it in small pockets. Um, A lot of times it's to address a problem that's already occurred. And what we're doing is really getting ahead of that. We're being proactive. We're saying we've already got almost two dozen reward schools and things are going really well. And now what can we do with that? All right. And again, this is all taking place right now. And when, when did it first start? So this first kind of became in development stages um, a couple of years ago, but really we have nailed it down over the past three months and just revealed it to the administrators over the past couple of weeks. All right. We're going to take a short break. James, did you want to throw something in there? No, a break sounds great. (laughs) Time right now, 8.33. We'll be right back. We're talking about the Rutherford County Schools on this Tuesday morning, today, March the 7th. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE has provided light, comfort, and connection to our community since 1936. As your trusted energy advisor, MTE is always here to help. Connect online or download the My MTE app. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, 
you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. CBS News Brief. U.S. and Mexican officials are now working together to locate and return four Americans kidnapped after they crossed into Matamoros from Brownsville, Texas, Friday. CBS's Omar Villafranca. U.S. officials tell us that the four Americans who were kidnapped did not have any connection at all to the Mexican drug cartel, but they got caught up in the type of violence that plagues Mexican border towns. A United passenger's been arrested after an in-air escapade caught on air traffic control during a flight from L.A. to Boston. Video captures the suspect trying to attack a flight attendant with a broken metal spoon when she tried to stop him. President Biden unveils a new plan to save Medicare in an op-ed in today's New York Times. CBS's Vicki Barker. It includes raising the Medicare tax on high earners and seeking to close loopholes that have allowed them to shield some of their income from the tax. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. We are very blessed to have volunteers, to have friends that are decorators that come in and merchandise our store and do our window displays that help with linens, that help with jewelry, that help just make the store look really nice. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.36. Again, you're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. And this morning we're talking about the Rutherford County Schools and the new ION program. And Dr. Caitlin Bullard said so far nine schools are a part of this program so do you foresee all the schools being under the whole ION category, if you would, in the future? I think eventually every school will have the opportunity to participate. Right now, we're really focused on our elementary and middle schools because our CTE programs are so strong in high school and there are so many opportunities for students to explore their interests there. So we're starting with this elementary and middle school group, and then every two years, we'll take a new cohort of schools to participate. And after you talk to the different students, the different teachers about some of the things that students would like to see within the schools or programs they'd like to see, when do you expect to start implementing these? That's a great question. So we're really spending the rest of this semester getting that community and student and staff feedback. Um, And then over the summer, our principals will start looking at their action plans and thinking about how they need to roll things out, which will give them time next fall to provide professional development to their staff, to go on some site visits across the state, see other schools that are doing those programs, and then they'll fully implement beginning in fall 2024. So we'll take new student applications next year for these programs, and then those students would be able to start in the ION schools in 2024. So do you, and and, and I'm, I'm just curious, is it up to the principal to actually implement this stuff as it is talked about after they, I guess, run it past your office? 
It's really a whole school team. So the principal is the lead person on it. But we see that things like this initiatives are most successful when the whole school is bought in and the community as well. So it's going to take an entire team to make the programs work. And so our principals will really be key in making sure that they've developed a team that will make this a sustainable process. Now, I, I know during the whole COVID pandemic, one thing that a lot of schools did was they used some nicknamed them, nicknamed them Google Goggles, where they had the, the tours of different places and field trips to different places, you know, pretty far away from here, but they did it through Google and the students actually felt like they were at that location because of, of virtual reality glasses. And is that something that we can use here? And is that something that's going to be used here more? So that's definitely um, an excellent technology tool. It's something that we see a lot of our schools already using. A lot of our STEM designated schools use that as one of their tools. It would be an option that's accessible to any school, whether they're participating in ION or not. But if one school wants to take that and run with it, and they want to focus on creating real world experiences for their students that take them outside of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, then we would certainly encourage and support that. But it, it sounds like the direction you're headed is more so geared towards working with local businesses, local companies that are already here and pulling those into the classroom more so than going across the nation. I think that's a great resource to work with our local community. Um, our local community is the, the group that's going to build these programs. So ultimately, we want them to be a part of this journey alongside us. But I think you know to limit ourselves to just what's in our local community would also be a disadvantage to our students. So we will seek resources both locally and as they're available across the country. Now, I know already the county schools have a good relationship with MTSU, with Motlow, but are there other universities that will be involved in this here in Middle Tennessee? I think it's going to depend, again, on what the programs are that we develop. So we have universities across the mid-state that have specialty programs. And if we see that one of the programs our community desires is connected to something that's happening in a university, then certainly, yes, we'll be reaching out to them and looking to develop that partnership. And I think kids learn better when they're learning something that they're actually interested in. And this kind of gives students a chance to to go that direction to let the school system know hey you know these are the things that we are curious about can you help us in these areas absolutely and i think the other thing we're seeing too is we have some really stellar magnet schools here in the district we have three academic magnet schools um, but that limits our families to looking for a school that's going to fit their need of their high achieving student we have a lot of students who may not qualify for an academic magnet school but who have aptitudes in other areas and strengths in other areas and we want to acknowledge that and provide them a place that's going to draw them in and provide direct instruction on on that topic do you foresee the whole ion program turning into you know you know kids have more of a choice to pick which school they want to go to or parents have more of a choice to pick which school their child goes to based on the needs of the child absolutely i think that's one of the key features of its design um, we've heard from parents over the past several years especially that they want that say in their school um, they want to be able to decide you know if the school that their child goes to is a good fit for them and we expanded our school choice program this year up to 26 schools um, which was really exciting but we want to focus that in even more and really give parents a good reason to select the schools that their child will go to and then james from a logistics standpoint how are you going to go about deciding what to do with transportation to and from school when you have you know some kids going to one school that may be uh, on the other side of town versus where they're actually originally zoned to go to yeah so through our choice school program now which is you've probably heard them called zone exemptions in the past but it, the choice school 
is we have rebranded it as a choice school program, so those choice school applications, but transportation works the same as it has in the past. For now, for the most part, parents would have to be able to provide some sort of transportation unless something changes in the future. Because like you said, if I'm in Laverne but want to go to Christiana, there there's no way that we can design bus routes that would be able to accommodate those kinds of things. So um, transportation will be something provided. But you know, there are some opportunities even with our some of our schools now that there are shuttle programs from Smyrna and Laverne to get students up to this end of the county. So it'll depend on the board as this expands further and further. But we just want to give parents more options because like we've mentioned before the magnet schools here are great Uh, my kids have gone through the magnet programs Um, these schools are winning awards at the state and national level consistently they're constantly or consistently ranked as among the best in the state and so we're really proud of what they're doing but we want to expand opportunities like that for more students because we have 40 you know 50 schools now um and, and we're growing by a thousand or more students every year, so we want to make sure we have plenty of options for students and what their needs are. Now, while the county schools are spread out over 614 square miles of Rutherford County, do you ever picture where, you know, this child is going to go to, to class at, at this school for X amount of hours, and then on Tuesdays they're going to go to, let's say, Siegel High School for a couple hours for some specialized class? Do you ever foresee that coming into the picture it's not impossible that that could happen and we've had some discussions before about certain classes if students can make it just not not unlike what we're doing with the motlow program at laverne where the students actually go to another campus certain days a week to learn at motlow but then they're at the high school on other days it's possible but transportation is always the 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 trickiness on that you know how do you get students back and forth Um, but it's a possibility it would almost change the landscape of schools kind of making it one big college campus, you know, where you go to one building on one side of the campus for one subject and then across the campus for another. But I, I could almost see something like that happening one day with all these different specialized programs. Well, at the high school level especially, they have been brainstorming different options of having like a, a CTE program at a, like a center somewhere. They've looked at the mall, for example, and things like that to have one location to offer some of these programs so that students from all over could be bused in or brought in for those programs but it's not off the ground yet they're still just bring at the kind of the brainstorming phase and then when you look at the virtual schools do you or are you able to to provide some of these same programs through the virtual school program and how is a virtual school program going so we have about 450 students at the virtual school now and it's going well they're going to have a good graduating class this year uh, it is something that doesn't fit everyone it's it you have to be the right type of student and family to do the virtual school. Those who are good at self-pacing and keeping on task without having that uh, in-person classroom experience where you have someone you know, walking by your desk every day and, and those kinds of things. So it's not for everyone, but for those who are doing it now, it is working, and I think you'll see it continue to expand. But I'm a hands-on learner. I'd like to pick, it up, pick up the rock and look at it. And so for students like me, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't be a good fit. I've done some online classes before for certain topics, certain subjects, but for others, I like to have a, a more of a tactile, you know, presence. So I, I know one good aspect about the virtual school, and we we recently interviewed a child who was attending the virtual school, and that child is in need of a kidney transplant, but he was one of those, you know, perfect participants to be a part of the virtual school because he wasn't able to come into the school system every single day because of uh, his medical state. Sure. So in those types of cases, I could see where the virtual program would really be exceptional. 
We also have a student, uh, I think she's, I don't think she's graduated just yet, but she's a competitive ice skater. And so because of her, her competition schedule, the virtual school has been great for her. We have others that we have one that's a bull rider. So it's, it fits a variety of needs uh, for students who either they just do better in the virtual environment or they have other uh, strains in their schedule that, that makes it more convenient to, to do the school that way. See, where was this when I was in high school? I, I could have figured out some kind of some profession to, to do on the side. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> but again, we're talking about or mainly focusing on the whole ION program. And over the next 18 months, Dr. Bullard, you plan to kind of see changes with ION and, and implement changes within different schools. Yes, yeah, so we're really starting again with getting that community feedback, the staff feedback. We're kind of in this um, phase as each school progresses of dreaming up the big ideas and seeing what are the needs of our community and what do our students need that we haven't yet addressed. Um, and then moving that into action and sustainability planning and connecting with community partners. Administrators will have a chance to go visit schools that are already implementing the programs like what they would like to do as they kind of build out that, that process. And then we'll start actually Actually implementing those programs in fall of 2024 and that first year the administrators will get a lot of support from our central office team um, and everyone in their their professional learning community to kind of make sure that they are implementing that program to the best of their abilities and then continuing it forward beyond that year so when it comes to input from the community maybe somebody who doesn't have any kids in the county schools but they do have ideas and they work for a company that would like to work with the county schools have you already received calls like that or if not how can people get a hold of you? So we have a survey that's going to go out shortly, um, and that survey gives everyone in our community, including those who are not parents, the opportunity to provide feedback on these programs. They'll be able to select which schools they'd like to provide feedback to or select all of the schools, and then any ideas that they share will go directly to the administrators and planning teams of those schools. And should those ideas be STEAM-focused? And again, what is STEAM? So we definitely want to hear a wide range of ideas. We are not limiting any of our schools to STEAM. We do have a couple of schools that are already designated or will be designated very soon. Um, however, we want to hear every idea that's out there um, about what our students and our schools need. So definitely would not limit to that. Um, STEAM, I'll let Dr. Nix talk a little bit more about, but stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. And I'll kind of let her share what that looks like. And Dr. Nix, at Christiana Middle, you are working towards actually getting that STEAM designation, right? Yes, we are. And it's something that's all-encompassing. Um, it's not just science or technology or engineering, art, or mathematics. It's a little bit of everything. Christiana is a niche community, and we have people that are blue-collar workers, white-collar workers. We've got agriculture, industry. We've got a little bit of everything, and STEAM allows our kids to get more exposure to the different careers that are in all of those fields. Um, and community partners, what I've seen with that is that our community wants to be involved in the schools. They just don't necessarily know how um, and I've found that as we've reached out to different community partners they're more than willing to give as long as we can give them those guidelines of this is what we're looking for um, because really they're investing in their own businesses by investing in our schools these kids are the future for them and are you having different business leaders come in and actually talk to the students about different lines of work 
Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, we've had several come in that are related to our projects. And as our projects build and grow, you know, over these next few years, our goal is to continue to bring people in and then send our kids out. We want our kids to go out into the field to get to see some of these things happening. So when it comes to parent-teacher meetings throughout the year, are they understanding the different changes that are being implemented in the schools? I hope so. We are very, um, we communicate a lot with our parents. I send out a weekly newsletter every Monday and put this information in there so that they're aware of what's going on. We send out pictures and um, this past Monday I put out information about us being an ION school and what that means and how that's connected to our STEAM program. So I hope that they do understand what's going on in our school. Um, We definitely try to communicate that for sure. And then going back over the entire county and the different schools within the county, I, I know how many schools do we have now for of all we have 50 in the county i believe the city's up to 13 so we're you know in the 60s and are we looking at building additional schools over the next couple of years and if so are they going to be schools of a certain of a particular focus whenever they are built so our board right now has just passed a new five-year building plan they look at the five-year building plan every year and make adjustments based on what they're seeing with growth and needs The first priorities are for some additions at some of our existing high schools, Smyrna High School, Riverdale, Oakland, and a few others. The first of those, though, is going to be Smyrna High School, and you're going to hear more about that because the bids came in, and luckily the bids came in under what we had budgeted, and so that's going through the county commission's approval process now. But there will be some major expansions at those schools to increase the capacities. We're also, the board is looking at some land on the west side, which is out in the Blackman community. They're looking at some land land around Veterans Parkway, and those will be for future schools as well. We already have land at Plainview. Um, Plainview Elementary, there's enough land there to build another school, a middle school there eventually. We have land at Whitworth Buchanan Middle School. Um, We have land out in Walter Hill. So there are some other pockets that we could build in. But while we have some some high growth areas around the corridors, like 24 and 840, we're seeing growth everywhere. And that's what the board is trying to figure out. It's it's kind of you're trying to plug the dam when all these holes are, are leaking there. The growth is happening all over. And so... Uh, It takes time and money, and so we are looking at building all over the county, but it's just going to take some time. So do you foresee Smyrna being the next area to actually get the construction of a new Smyrna High School started or middle school started? Yeah, Smyrna High School will definitely be the next project because, like I said, it's uh, the bid's already out. It came in under budget as long as the county commission approves it, and I think they will. They're working through that now. Um, that's where you'll see the next dirt move. And is there land already purchased in Smyrna? If so, what area is that Smyrna High School going to be in? It's on the existing campus. The existing Smyrna High School is getting an addition, so we already own the land. So they'll be building on to that Smyrna High School, and when they – do these construction projects are they going to have a focus on for example the sciences with a you know larger science lab are they going to have an auditorium that teaches a, a higher number of students within one particular subject no you'll see some expansions of existing facilities like you're going to see more science labs for example but it's not just that's not just the focus that's that's simply because at the high schools those general high schools they cover so many different topics and content areas that they need a variety of different classroom types. So you'll see some expansions of those things, but it's not because we're shifting the focus to one of those things. You know, one thing I did think of, though, I don't think we've mentioned what the nine schools are. Have we done that? We have not yet. Okay. Well, and, and when we mention those nine schools, I don't want parents to think, oh, my child's not zoned for one of those schools, so this doesn't apply, because we will take applications when they start in August of 24, they'll be open countywide for people to apply to these programs. 
Dr. Bullard, can you do it from memory or did I put you on the spot? <laughs> you you did put me on the spot, but I'll see if I can do it. Um, Cedar Grove Elementary, Christiana Middle, Laverne Middle School, Plainview Elementary, Rocky Fork Middle, Roy, Roy Waldron, Smyrna Elementary, Smyrna Primary, and Stewartsboro Elementary. That's good. Uh, that was nine. You, you did nine. good. Right. Yeah. And what's great about that is it spans from one side of the county to the other. It's not just one. And people, one of the questions they would probably have, and we've addressed this some today, is why aren't there any high schools on the list? And that's because the high schools already have some very specialized programs that people can choose from, lots of different pathways for students to choose from. And there's some of that at the middle school level, but we really wanted to give more opportunities and specialized programs at the elementary middle too and get those you know in the pipeline sooner at the state level i know one thing lawmakers are talking about right now in the general assembly is for school systems that have seen a two percent growth rate over the last consecutive two school years they could possibly be eligible for more funding in order to work on the infrastructure build new schools for example if it is passed is that something that rutherford county would qualify for i mean have we met that two percent growth rate each year for the last two years that's a really complex answer so i'm going to give it to you um it depends on how you count the two years there the COVID year no one grew by much some some districts actually um decreased in their size we grew by about 50 students during COVID, which is really slow for us but then we bounced back the next year and added over 1,500 students. And so uh, actually, I think we were closer to 2,000 students in one year. It, just, it really rebounded. The state has indicated to us that uh, they are not going to count the COVID year. And if that's the case, then we definitely would qualify. We're working through some of those details now with our our state representatives and, and senators and the Department of Education. COVID was kind of an odd time that I don't think anybody really expected. And uh, the growth in a lot of areas, it just kind of stayed stagnant for a little while because folks weren't getting new jobs or transferring to to other places and then you had a lot of people who were working from home sure and you also have to think about like if you're a family that has a kindergartner who's never been in school and that first year back a lot of it was virtual or distance learning who wants their kindergartner to go into a the setting for the first time and it be some sort of virtual setting it's possible but it's not as not as valuable as being in person and so in tennessee you can delay sending your child to school until they're six so we think a lot of families our numbers show a lot of families chose to hold their kindergartner back a year and that's why we saw so many new kindergartners the year after and that that contributed to the growth as well i won't say that would have been a, a bad precedence to set but at the same time you don't want your child to to think that school from here on out is going to be you staying at home and watching it through the internet right well and my child was one of my children my boys was they were in kindergarten or they were in kindergarten when we had to close that march and so their their year got shortened and we noticed a huge difference between that child and our older son who had been through you know the traditional experience in kindergarten just because his attitude well it's not just school if you see us in a restaurant right now, please don't judge us because our kids are still getting used to actually sitting in a restaurant and because they got so used to doing takeout. Um, there's just lots of little things that you learn from being in person that you don't always get virtually. Not that it's still not valuable to do a virtual, but for kindergarten especially, uh, my preference has always been for them to be in person. I almost felt like during the whole COVID pandemic, a lot of kids went backwards more so than forward because of the fact that a lot of kids were already having trouble with communication skills because of social media i mean so many kids were already interacting on social media only and not forming those friendships that used to be formed in school so it was 
tough. Well, there's some good skills we took away from it, too. I mean, I, I, I'm going to speak for everybody here. There are some meetings that I don't want to be in person to. And I love that we have the virtual option now for some types of business meetings and things like that so that I can uh, multitask as I'm sitting through this meeting. So there's some positives. we got to look at the half full side of it things, too, sometimes. I would love for all meetings to be virtual. <laughs> there are some, like, that we li- like the, the people I enjoy being around and topics that I care about more than others that I like being in a room and collaborating but um, there are others that I definitely enjoy that virtual option now of course that human interaction it does play a huge role in a child and the development of a child or a teenager mm-hmm. well and they they've also learned some new skills too with technology my kids can do things on a computer that my my own family can't do uh, I had one of them giving my my mom some technology lessons this weekend and we should have recorded that it. it was pretty comical <laughs> So as we close out this morning, if anybody wants more information on the ION program or Choice Schools, Magnet Schools, or any of that stuff, who do they need to contact and and when if we're talking about them trying to figure out how their student can go to one of these schools in the next school year? I'm happy to answer that. All those questions go to Dr. Bullard. She has a special um, website or email address we've set up. Uh, choice at rcschools.net for any sort of questions about choice school applications or the ION program. Uh, She loves that I keep bringing this up, that she is the contact person. (laughs) It's his go-to line. Um, They can also visit on our RCS website under the academics tab. There's a section for school choice. It'll cover um, all of our school choice programs, the application process, ION, and charter schools. And there are definitely a lot of choices out there right now. There are. We currently have 26 for this upcoming school year. We'll have even more for the following year. Sounds good. Again, from the Rutherford County Schools this morning, we've been joined by Dr. Caitlin Bullard and also Director James Evans of the Communications Department and Dr. Kyle Nix with Christiana Middle School. Uh, Thank you all for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro, and more news and information comes your way next with WGNS's Ron Jordan in just 10 seconds.